Hello, and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds, but also preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. Roger, this past Sunday, you had part two in a Sunday morning series where you're looking at the vitally important work of shepherding. Shepherding is part of the the organization of God. We see that in the book of Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1. The the organization of God's church is each individual congregation is separate. There's no hierarchy. There's no large corporation concept above it. And so God has given the charge of, of leading these people to a group of men we call shepherds or bishops or elders. And our lesson this past Sunday was just looking at the work that they're supposed to do. And their work is not running the corporation, being CEOs, but it's like a shepherd in ancient Israel. They are to lead the people of God. So it's a people business. And they have to understand people and they have to connect and and all the things involved with that and be able to know and help guide these people. And so in that lesson, we were just kind of putting out the layers of this is the what the work is. This is the work that leaders need to be doing. You noticed uh, a couple of common threads that I thought were were particularly powerful from Ephesians 4, 1 Timothy 3, a variety of scriptures. If, if our audience hasn't had the opportunity to watch or to listen to that sermon, the work shepherds must do. I'd certainly encourage you to do that at charlestownroad.org or in our sermon podcast feed. You talked about how in all of this, this is a man of spiritual character. He's a person of conviction. He's a person of compassion. You talked about commitment and courage and clarity. A lot of C words there, but (laughs) powerful words, right, that describe what this man must do. And all of those, of course, are are worth exploring more deeply. But I'd like to camp on one particular sentence that I jotted down real quick as you uh, mentioned it. I don't know if it was in your notes or just you were talking off the top of your head. But at one point toward the end of the sermon, you emphasized the man of God leading the people of God must know the word of God. We'll look at some specifics here in just a minute, but what what do you mean by that? Well, first of all, it, 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 we start with the first phrase, the man of God, that's the shepherd. He is the, God's leader, and he's just not a person of uh, charisma or a leader. He has to be a man of God. This is God's business. And so he has to be a person of character, as you said. And then what he's doing is leading God's church, the people of God. And there's a direction that they're going. There's a direction God wants them to go. And so to do that, this is accomplished when he knows the word of God. The more the book is in us, the more we'll do what God wants us to do. So the man of God leading the people of God must know the word of God. Without that, how's he going to know where to go? And and I tell you, all across this country, even this very week, I've gotten phone calls from people in different places, and the leaders where they are do not seem to be doing that. Uh, they're more concerned about light bulbs and toilet paper and the yard being cut than where the people are. And so when we get back to the book and get back to what God wants us to do, 
we have to see this is the pattern we see. You can't lead, you can't share unless you know where you're going. That's the Word of God. All right. So we know this world has a variety of influential leaders, right? There are leaders in the business world. There are leaders in the academic world, the economic world, social world, all around us. I mean, when when people think leadership, there might be a couple of New York Times bestselling authors that come to mind. But I love the fact that you've emphasized First and foremost, this must be a man of God. And so let's look maybe at a couple of different arenas of life. We'll end on this point of being shepherds. But I'd love just to explore with you, right along with our podcast audience here in the middle of the week, what's it going to look like to be a man of God in these various aspects of life and why must I, in these different arenas, know the Word of God? What difference does that make? Why don't we start just with me, and and not me as in Jason, but as me, you, as individuals? I'm afraid a lot of times when we think of leadership, we immediately think of other people, inspiring other people to follow me, making sure that I am the leader that other people need me to be. But it sure does seem like in order to be the leader God calls us to be, that's going to start with leading myself. Absolutely. And, you know, this is not just something that we think about is in the organization of God's church. All Christians should do this. The very idea of letting your light shine is someone who is a leader, whether it's, it's influencing those in school, influencing those where he works. He, he is being different than what the world is. He's going a different direction. So this man of God that he should be or this woman of God as, as she should be, what they're doing is they're looking to God's word to shape their character. They're not listening to, to modern culture. They're not listening to what everyone around them is saying on social media. They take their direction from the Bible. You know, Psalms 119, verse 103, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And so the very idea that God shows us through his word how he wants us to be is paramount as we think about walking the Christian life. One of my favorite examples of this is from the Old Testament life of David. First Samuel 30 describes a really tough time in his life. He has been out with his mighty men and they come back home and they find that their wives and their sons and their daughters have been taken captive. And verse 4 tells us that David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. And in fact, there are some of his own men who are talking about stoning David with stones because he's the leader, right? Maybe he shouldn't have let this happen. The narrator tells us that David was greatly distressed. All the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But listen to this. David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Roger, if you were talking to a a young man or a middle-aged woman, an older man today who 
is really struggling, distressed in soul, what might you tell them they can do to strengthen themselves in the Lord? And when we go back to that David story, you know, there's so many layers that fit to us today. There will be times when people around you turn against you. Yeah. Sometimes it may be your own family. There are going to be times in your life when things do not go well. I mean, David had been chased all over the countryside by Saul, comes home, he's expecting home. He comes home, and everyone's been kidnapped. And sometimes things do not turn out well. His own men turn against him, as he says. And and what's interesting is there was no one else there to help David. There's no priest there. There's no, well, I'll run to the church building. I'm going to call my preacher up. I'm going to, David strengthened himself. There comes times in life when, you know, you just gotta, gotta pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, they used to say. And, and that idea is, you know what God says. You know what God expects of you. God doesn't give you a pass because it's a cloudy day. God doesn't say, well, you know, David, you know, things didn't turn out the way you thought they were. You're really discouraged. You're, re- you're really sad. Um, you know, you don't have to obey me for a week. God never said that. And so we, we realize we know what God wants of us. God wants us to be worshipers. God wants us to go into his word. God wants us to pray deeply. And, and when we look at passages like in, in the book of Mark in chapter 1, Jesus, after a very, very busy day of healing and casting out demons, gets up early in the morning, goes to a desolate place all by himself, and he's praying. And that prayer is what's going to strengthen him. That prayer is going to keep his priorities straight. And so that's what we need to remind ourselves. There are times when, you know, sadly, maybe the church will let you down. Shouldn't, but sometimes it does. There's going to be times when, sadly, your family may let you down. They shouldn't, but sometimes they will. There may be times when your dearest friends are so busy in their lives, they have no time for you. What are you going to do? You're just going to sit on a rock and pout? You're going to quit? Or you're going to strengthen yourself? You do that by following what God wants you to do. You do that by going to the Word. You do that by going to the Lord in prayer. All right. So bodily exercise is profitable to a small degree, the Apostle Paul tells us, but we're talking about real strength in the Lord. Beyond the gym or the track or CrossFit or any of these things, we're talking about strength of spirit, strength of soul. I'm not going to be able to lead the people of God if I'm not effectively leading myself, number one. Okay, so let's move from there to the home. We've talked a little bit on our Sunday evening chair series the last couple of weeks that, yes, God is looking for leaders to oversee the household of God, but he himself makes clear in 1 Timothy 3, Titus chapter 1, this is a man who first proves the ability to be a shepherd at home. So how can we apply the man of God leading the people of God, knowing the word of God in our own homes? Well, you know, just pulling a couple passages out of Timothy where we find these qualities listed, he says in 1 Timothy 3, verse 4, he must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? He must know how to manage his own household. 
That's not about paying bills. That's not making sure the yard's cut. That's not making sure that, you know, light bulbs turn on and the furnace is working. Uh, that's, that's just managing the, the, the complex. What he's talking about here is managing the people. How do I help the people? And so the man of God, he's going to realize that every person in his family is a soul. Every person is different. He's got to look at them that way. And he's got to realize they all have needs. They all have temptations. They all have concerns. And he's got to look at all those things. Are they growing spiritually? Are they connecting with each other? Are they manifesting what God wants them to do? And he's not, he's not going to just know that by simply taking them to the church building. There's going to be conversations, lots of conversations, conversations in the car, conversations as he takes them to school, conversations around the dinner table. As they're watching a movie, there comes up some something on the movie or on the TV, and, and that will be a, a conversation point. And through all of this, he's teaching, he's leading, he's guiding. This world for, is offering the wor- our young people so many false choices today. I mean, the world's even saying you can change your gender, you can change this, you can change that, you don't have to be who you are. And so we need we need an anchor, a rock point that is solid. And that's where the man of God, the man of the house, has to be. And so once again, as he knows God's word, he's going to have to be able to do this. And so you're not always going to be like at school. You're not always going to be the, the favorite at work. You're not always going to be the one everyone turns to because they want to do what everyone else wants to do. You're doing what God wants to do. You have to be that man of God. There is a long heritage of this, of course, in the Bible, reaching all the way back into the law of Moses, taking advantage of opportunities that are all around us, right? As we're walking um, uh, along the way, we're, we're, we're seeing a sunset, maybe on a, an evening neighborhood walk, and just drawing attention to that sunset and getting our children to think about why that's happening, who's making that sun set, and what it's communicating to us. Uh, preparing for Bible classes or talking about, oh, okay, what did you talk about in class? You know, lots of things that we can talk about on Sunday afternoon over lunch. What a great opportunity for dad to take the lead by talking about what was going on in Bible classes, maybe even being willing to acknowledge when I'm the one who messed up. I'm the one who made a mistake. I was the one who was a little rash with my words or short with my tempers. I need to be the leader, not just when it comes to this is what you need to know, this is what you need to do, but taking the lead in apologizing in asking for forgiveness. This is the way our households grow closer to the Lord. Okay, so we've talked about the self. We've talked about the home. Let's talk for just a moment about the Bible classroom. We are, of course, so very thankful for our teachers here at Charlestown Road. We are always looking to develop and mature more teachers. Roger, why... Even if I've never taught before, do I need to be concerned about knowing the Word of God with the aim of teaching maybe the next generation? Well, you know, the value of that is, first of all, if you don't know, then you can't lead. You can't share. And so something could be presented in a class or in a sermon, and if you didn't know it was to be true, then, you know, you you may follow it and it's not true. 
Uh, we remind ourselves in Acts 17 about the Bereans, how they're more noble because they search the Scriptures daily. And so, so that's what the man of God has to do. He has to know the Bible, and, and he has to recognize what I'm hearing is true. What I'm hearing is right. This is good. I'm going to share this with others, whether it's my family, whether there's opportunities at work or in the neighborhood, because I'm going to do that. As he, as he thinks about his life, he's going to think about this legacy, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of looking at uh, estates and things like that. And, you know, a person gets to a certain age in life, and they start thinking about what they're going to leave to the, the generation behind them. Well, you can leave them everything. You can leave them boatloads of money. And oftentimes that just ruins that next generation. What you need to leave is footprints, footprints that point to God. What you need to leave is an example, an example that, you know, here is dad. Dad always went to worship. Here is dad. Dad did whatever he could. Now, maybe dad wasn't a public man, but dad did things around the church house. Or dad was always inviting. Dad was always the encourager. Dad was picking people up and taking them to church. And what they're seeing is a man who's completely engaged in the kingdom work. That's a legacy we want to leave. And when our children see that, and they see the good that comes out of that, then they'll learn to say, okay, I need to do what I can do to help the people of God. Yeah, I love how the Apostle Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, you set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. It is not something that uh, your typical 20 or maybe even 30-year-old thinks about being a, a real example, but you and I both know there are 8-year-old boys, there are 11-year-old girls, there are young teenagers who are looking up to those young adults, and when they set the right example, when they get up and lead singing, when they step into the classroom and and substitute for a teacher for the, the, the very first time, you're being a leader. But as you've highlighted, I, I can't pass on what I don't know. That extends to the pulpit, right? Maybe a Wednesday evening invitation or a, a Sunday evening sermon. We're so thankful to have a number of men, as you and I go out of town, work with other churches at various points throughout the year, a variety of younger men especially who are stepping up and stepping into the pulpit. The man of God leading the people of God must know the word of God in in that pulpit. So when we think about Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and you know the, those familiar verses, it's probably the most beloved psalms of all of them. He leadeth me beside the green pastures. He takes me to the quiet waters. This shepherd knew right where to go. He knew where green pastures were. He didn't just take them out to a field and say, well, you know, it's not looking real good, but do the best you can, guys. Or he did take him by some scum pond, and said, the <laughs> pond's all green, and says, well, you know, just, just take a sip or two. I think we'll be okay. He knew where to go. And how did he know where to go? Because the man of God leading the people of God must know the word of God. That's the connection through all that. And so, so as we think about our lives, we think about our families, we think about what we're doing in the congregation, it behooves all of us to say, you know, I got to get in this book. I've got to get the book in me and I've got to be one who understands this is what God expects. This is what God wants. When we go from the self 
to the home, to the community, the classroom, the pulpit, all the way to being a shepherd in the local church. Uh, Roger, I'll end with a passage that you highlighted from 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 7, or verse 14 in your sermon. We urge you, brothers, this is, is not just shepherds, this is for all disciples of Jesus. Admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. He's talking about more than picking out the right Hallmark card, right? Or <laughs> coming up with the right, you know, clever, witty text for me to uh, to share all on my own. This is just another example of the man or the woman of God leading, impacting, influencing the people of God with the Word of God. That's what the idle, the faint-hearted the weak really need. And what we see in the, in that verse is we all, we all can help each other and there, there's something we can do to strengthen each other. And I imagine as if we could go back and do a, a longer study there in Samuel, as David strengthened himself in turn, he strengthened his brethren. Yeah. And no one picked up a rock and threw it at David. No one went away. They, they hung together. But it began with David strengthening himself. And so sometimes we're waiting for someone else. Sometimes we're saying, you know what, I'm waiting for the church to do it for me. Or I'm waiting for the preacher to get that magical sermon that's going to touch my heart. Or I'm waiting for my wife. Or I'm waiting for my kid. David strengthened himself. That's a powerful thing for us to remind ourselves of. The sermon was The Work Shepherds Must Do, presented this past Sunday morning. If you have not watched or listened, it would be well worth your time to go back and learn, drink deeply from the wisdom and the scriptures that are there. The person of God leading the people of God must know the word of God. And Roger, this evening at 7 o'clock p.m., we've got an opportunity to learn a little bit more of that word of God. We continue our summer series. It's it's starting to wrap up, but uh, we have three more segments to go. We're basing it on the hymn, In Christ Alone. And tonight we've invited Lee Wildman to be with us, and his topic is, He is my light, he is my strength, and he is my song. It's coming straight from that hymn, but powerful expressions from the Word of God. In that, he'll be talking about strength. In that, he'll be talking about how God can help us. And that's exactly what we're looking at in this series right here. I've got the opportunity to preach, Lord willing, this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Roger, you have been looking a great deal within in this Sunday morning series, how the local church functions according to God's design, the work shepherds must do. I know you're going to wrap this series up in about a week and a half by talking about life in the flock. What I'd like to do this coming Sunday morning is look at some of the dangers outside the flock. There are a variety of scriptures, Old and New Testaments, that warn us using this shepherd sheep metaphor of dangers on the outside that can tempt us, allure us, 
ultimately cost us everything. We'll talk about being on guard against those and what we must do to strengthen ourselves in the Lord as we've been discussing. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. We'd love to see you at 7 o'clock p.m. this evening. We're already looking forward to Sunday, the best day of the week, and we would love to have you come and grow with us. 